take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Be sure to check us out online on our Facebook page and Instagram at Couples Synergy or our website, couplesynergy.com. And please be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couples Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experiences working with thousands of couples for nearly 20 years. You know, everyone says you need to work on a relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of with the partner they fell in love with. In today's episode, Jean and I will be talking about stress and the impact that stress has on relationships. And this can't come at a better time right during the holidays. (laughs) You know, it's funny because uh, today, this is our third podcast we're recording. Mm -hmm. And we had a pretty intense session with our life coach. Yes. Business coach. Business coach, right. And working on the new website. And we're pretty stressed. (laughs) Yeah, a lot on our plate. Yeah. Absolutely, a lot on our plate. And so we really want to talk about when we're stressed, what type of impact does that have in our lives and our relationships? Because the holidays are not very joyful for many people. Yeah, and we're seeing a lot of that. You know, a lot of the couples that we're working with right now, they're just, they're really, really stressed out. And, you know, when you are dealing with family, extended family, Uh, you know, there's a lot of pressure. If you think about a deer in a field eating some grass and she looks up and there's a wolf, it's a threat. And she instantly releases adrenaline and cortisol and runs away. And adrenaline helps her run and cortisol shuts down everything not needed for immediate survival. If she's ovulating, if she's repairing cells, if she's digesting food, because none of that matters if you don't survive, right? right? Right, And so then she gets free, and another part of her is activated, the all-clear signal, the parasympathetic nervous system, and her body functioning goes back to normal. However, if the threat is emotional, we most often don't recover. Because the emotional threat is not physiological, but we respond the same way, and we don't know when that threat ends. Well, especially if the threat doesn't end. Right. You know, and for many people, the holidays have a a very bad association. It brings up a lot of stress and anxiety because, you know, when they grew up, the holidays were maybe filled with conflict and chaos, and, and so it just follows them every single year. There's so much obligation, so much busyness. So much expectation. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the media and commercials and, you know, it doesn't help much. No. And a lot of our clients are dealing with a lot of loss this year. 
loss either from people who've passed on, loss from jobs, loss from relationships. And that makes it like the extra huge squeeze during the holidays to, you you know, you're looking and you are looking at and reviewing your life from past Christmases or holidays. Right. Comparing uh, your yeah, life yes. to the, to the past. Very painful for a lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, especially for those families out there that are stretched or, or blended, um, they are extra stressed out in trying to figure out how to have some type of traditional holiday celebration. Right. Which is kind of impossible. I remember for us when Alec was little, so we would go to your parents' house and maybe have appetizers, and then we'd drive him to his dad's house, mm-hmm. and then we would drive to my my mom's house and have dessert, and we like didn't get food <laughs> in between, right? We were just driving. And one thing that we'd really encourage people to do is to really take a look at your traditions, because... All traditions began one day. But they don't have to be the same right? every year. Right. And if your family looks different than it did when you were a child, it's okay to create a new tradition. In fact, it's it's actually better that you do. Yeah. Right? Relationships That's- and families are tasked and challenged with evolving every year. And becoming better at communication and becoming better at, you know, bonding and connecting with each other. And so holidays can evolve as well. One of the things that I would highly recommend is to not pay attention to the date, right? So we had to start celebrating our immediate family, us and our children's Christmas on December 23rd. Because the December 24th and 25th were such obligatory days that we didn't have our own Christmas. They were occupied by extended family obligations. Yeah. And so we could not celebrate our immediate family and make it, make it an intimate celebration at that point, right? So we had to create our own tradition on the 23rd. I remember our first one, we went to Laurie's Steakhouse with Alec. You remember that? Right, I remember. And we dressed up and we took him for a very fancy dinner and there was actually Christmas carolers there. Right. Which is, was really fun. They were like dressed like they would have been like dressed period, in the 1800s. Yeah, period and, costumes yeah. and stuff, yeah. And then we kind of continued that tradition on because uh, that day was typically available. But this year, our son... Dinyar is not even coming home until December 26th. So we won't have time to have Christmas with our children until the 27th. So we just change the date. And and instead of feeling sad that it's not on the 24th or the 25th and not doing anything, we just change the date and celebrate anyways. Yeah, you know, when we tell people to do that, just create your own tradition and, you know, the date really doesn't matter. It's it's almost like a relief, mm-hmm. you know, because up until that point, they're just so, you know, just guilt bound that they have to celebrate it in the way that everybody everybody else does. What they remember. And, and also what they remember and what, you know, right. they grew up knowing. So when I was a kid, 
my family, my parents and my siblings, we always celebrated on Christmas Eve because Christmas Day we went to my grandparents' house. And I have 33 cousins on that side and we would all sit in their two-bedroom condo, all the grandkids and all 14 aunts and uncles because he had six siblings and they were all married. (laughs) And we're all jammed in there. And, you know, they've passed on, and we don't do that anymore, but my mom still does Christmas Eve. And we created a new tradition in our family, which I think is a blast. Do you want to talk about it? What, that we celebrate Festivus? Yeah. <laughs> Festivus is a made-up holiday. You know, I it think is. It was made up by uh, the Seinfeld show. Yep. And we found that it's a lot of fun. To celebrate with our immediate family. Yeah, because it doesn't matter at all. And right. it's just a blast. Yeah, it's just an excuse to come together and bond and, you know, share a lot of laughs and have some gratitude, mm-hmm. you know, about the year. Yeah. And, and look forward to the next year. So Festivus is an anti-commercialism fake holiday. <laughs> yeah. So we don't do any presents, but what we do is we uh, have a delicious meal. We always have really good food, and we sit down, and we break bread together, and we dress up, and then we go put on our casual clothes, and we come down, and we air our grievances. (laughs) (laughs) And when we're airing our grievances, there is no crosstalk. You just get to say, whatever's on your mind about what you need to let go of for that year. And it's, it's a pretty intense, powerful thing to do. And it's, it's really weirdly healing. It is healing. And, you know, it gives you kind of this, this relief feeling, you know, that you are able to kind of let out any pent up frustrations or resentments that you're holding on to. And, you know, obviously, you know, we're in the business of teaching people how to communicate Right. And a lot of times people keep resentments or negative feelings to themselves and it just builds up over time and it ends up causing more stress in their lives, in their relationships and more strain, you know, in that relationship. And so, you know, it's kind of a funny way of being able to communicate and communicate openly but I, I think it's a, it's a really good symbol of what we want to be role modeling for people that when you are stressed out, when you hold on to pain, when you hold on to anger and frustration that you might have towards another person, it slowly deteriorates and damages that relationship. And you know, the funny thing, when you air a grievance, there is no resolution. It's only saying it out loud. And then letting it go. And the other person doesn't have to defend themselves. They don't have to defend themselves. They don't have to say anything because it doesn't matter. And, you know, I think people don't really realize that. And that's a big thing that we teach couples, right, is saying the tough stuff out loud is more important than the resolving of conflict or even the agreement of it. Just hearing it, that does something. It does a validation piece that lets you say, okay, there it is. And then, of course, my favorite part of Festivus. It doesn't end until someone wrestles the owner of the home to the ground. And I absolutely let you be the home. The, <laughs> I absolutely let you be the owner you, of you the home. You let me stand in that night. as the homeowner <laughs> for that evening. 
I mean, you could take that role this year oh, if you want. Oh, right? no, no, no. <laughs> right? Angie can uh, it can wrestle you. Oh, to the my ground. God. That would be hysterical. <laughs> yeah. It is it is a, a very fun kind of celebration that our family comes together to do. And, you know, some families, they have um, board game night. Mm-hmm. Well, our family... <laughs> We have festivists. We have festivists. And then we karaoke all the rest of it out for the rest of the night. Yeah. Which is really lovely, you know. And I think human beings used to do that. You know, they used to live a much less technological life. And so when you were doing mundane things, you would sing or hum or whistle. And that does something to relieve stress. But we don't do that anymore. We're always listening to something, whether it's music or or a podcast. Right. Right. And so we're always kind of uh, distracted or entertaining ourselves. And really what you need to relieve stress is quiet and space and time, which we certainly don't get over the holidays. And what we know about prolonged stress in our lives is that it can take a toll Mm -hmm. on us, not just mentally emotionally, but also physically. Right. Right. What we know is that long-term stress causes the body to pump cortisol into the body. And and cortisol is designed to help the body deal with long-term stress. It does that by, you know, shutting or diminishing any type of intestinal digestion. It also diminishes reproduction. It shunts the majority of our blood to our core and all non-essential functions really slow down. And, you know, this leads to kind of long-term consequences if it goes on for too long, you know, consequences like hypertension and digestion issues, ulcers, you know, these conditions, obviously they, they can be pretty detrimental to a person. Oh, they can kill you. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And in fact, most disease is connected to prolonged exposures to stress. And so this is a really important topic because, you know, in today's society, we are bombarded by so much, so much expectation, so much pressure, so much obligation that we don't have to look very far in our lives to feel that pressure and feel that stress. Absolutely. And couples aren't really taking the time to process that because it can creep up pretty quickly on us. Mm -hmm. You know, it kind of reminds me of that saying that says nobody dies from a snake bite. They die from the poison. And emotional stress is the poison, right? Because we keep our thinking going and then we keep the hormones going and there's not a literal life-threatening event, phys- a physiological life-threatening event. You know, you're not about to die. But your body doesn't know the difference between the emotions of that and what it feels like if you're literally in a life-threatening event than when you're an emotionally threatening event. And so, you know, I remember in the early, early 90s, there was a, type of therapy called laughter therapy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should do it right now on the podcast. Just just laugh. <laughs> yeah. And you just start with ha, 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 
<laughs> and you start laughing and that creates a physiological release of those stress hormones and brings it back to balance because most of the stuff we're stressed out about are not life-threatening. On Thursday, mm-hmm. we are releasing a podcast with a couple who had dealt with major stressful events major. in their lives for a very long time. Almost their entire marriage. And the word survive. Their 22-year relationship. Right. And the word survive came up multiple times in that podcast because they truly were just surviving. And, you know, for them it was, some of it was life-threatening. Absolutely, she yeah. She had cancer, you know. And they were homeless and, mm-hmm. you know, they lost all of, they lost everything at one point in their marriage. And they had kids and it was a very desperate situation, multiple des- desperate situations. And, you know, that is a very, very traumatic experience mm-hmm. to go through. Yeah. And there are a lot of couples that deal with that on a daily basis. They just have to survive day by day. And their relationship is totally put on the back burner. You know, an interesting thing for us, because we do get to see people behind closed doors and know what they're really feeling and really struggling with. And then we have their Facebook superimposed on that. Oh yeah, that's that's always <laughs> that's always fun to see. And you're like, wow, that's what they're presenting. Yeah. But we know what's really going on in that relationship. But most people don't. Most people don't know that many people are struggling. In fact, most people. Because that's the point of having life. The point of life is to grow and to become and to heal. And that happens the most in our relationships. And it's a secret to the rest of the world. And the rest of the world has no idea what you're struggling with. And it's really easy to, you know, in an instant, pull out a camera, put a smile on your face, take a picture, and put that out in the world. But the reality is, and of course nobody wants to hear the reality, is a lot of people are struggling. You know, one of the questions that they asked us and I don't remember if this was actually on the air or not, but they asked us whether we have... What our relationship is like. What our relationship is like. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because they're sitting there kind of bearing their souls about their relationship. And And we're relationship experts. relationship experts, right? So how do we deal with it? Yeah. And, And, you know... I have to say that what what you are hearing out there is truly us. Mm-hmm. You know, we we have admitted, you know, that we have conflict, that we argue, you know, that we are a regular couple. We have gone through struggles that a lot of couples go through. Do you know we did not spend our first Christmas together? I am now remembering that. Yeah. I was... In a really bad way, and I refused to go to your family's Christmas, and I think you took Alec, or yeah. he might have been in Florida, but you went by yourself 
to that Christmas. And I think I found out a few days after that. It was right before, it was before the wedding. So we were engaged. We were planning a wedding. Our wedding was February 14th. So, you know, pretty stressful time. And a few days after Christmas, I found out I was actually pregnant. So it was probably hormone driven as well. Right. But I just couldn't. You just couldn't be in public and yeah. you couldn't be, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I stayed home alone and you went to your family's Christmas. I remember that, that first year. Yeah, you know, we are not without those struggles mm-hmm. that a lot of couples go through. Raising little kids and dealing with conflict or dealing with miscommunication. You know, I, I think one of the biggest differences between us and most couples out there is the amount of time that you and I spend on our relationship. Right. We spend a tremendous amount of time on our relationship, but we also spend a lot of time figuring out other people's relationships, which includes we fight about other people's relationships. Right, right. But also, I mean, we learn. Yeah. We learn from Absolutely. other people's relationships as well. Absolutely. You know, and over the years, refining and learning and understanding what is effective in a relationship, what is healthy, and what is unhealthy. And just because you have knowledge, that doesn't give you an emotional anesthetic to not have feelings. And you still have to pass through all those feelings. Right, absolutely. I mean, I was, one of my clients was a former therapist, and he worked with children and adolescent, and he he's probably pretty volatile when it comes to his own emotions and being able to control his emotions, you know, in his, in his new family situation right now. Right. And so just because you teach it, right. Doesn't mean that you actually apply that in your own life, but for us or are immune to it or are immune to it. Right. Yeah. But for us, we, we practice what we preach. And, and we feel like we have to. We tell our clients all the time that we never tell them to do something. We never suggest that they do something unless we've done it ourselves. You know, one of the things that's been coming up a lot this year, for some reason, there's just so much loss going on for so many of our clients. And I ask them if they understand or know the reason we would go out into a forest and cut down a tree and bring it into our living room. <laughs> right. <laughs> And actually... It's not a Christian tradition. No, 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 no. Not originally. And actually most all religions have some sort of feast of lights around this time of year. And when you bring a pine tree into your home, the smell of it is actually an antidepressant. And the lights are also antidepressing. Even though very scarily people used to put candles on pine trees and those go up like, you know, even when my client said that, she's like, I never have a real tree because I know people who have had house fire because of their, their real trees, but it's antidepressant and it's an antidepressant because we are in the darkest time of the year. Literally the sun is gone more than it's here and it's depressing. And that's why we created rituals around this. Only I think we've turned it into something that instead of making it better, has kind of made it worse. So I've been really encouraging, you know, my clients to go get a tree. Even you can get the potted kind at like Home Depot that are like the two, three footers and put some lights on there. They're alive. They're not going to dry out. 
and and spend some time smelling some some pine needles and watching those lights because they are antidepressing. Yeah, you don't have to be Christian or nope. Jewish. It really is. It's this is not a religious thing, but it's really more about. You a know, human thing. A human thing. and The Yule log. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, this is a, a very stressful time for everyone, mm-hmm. regardless of what holiday you celebrate. Right. And so, you know, this, this is something that would be very helpful for everyone, you know, as we go through this, this period of, of winter and the turn of the new year. If you have a fireplace, light it up. If you don't, get some candles. Get some candles, add some light into this dark time and give yourself time to just be quiet. Be quiet and watch the flicker of the flame because it really does something for us as human beings. And if the old traditions bring up a lot more stress in your life and bring about more anxiety, then create new ones. Yep. Create ones that are going to make you feel fulfilled, make you feel satisfied, that are going to re-energize you and are also going to reconnect you with those that you love in your life. Because all traditions were once upon a time made up. And then people just kept doing it. And I highly recommend... If you're going to wrestle someone to the ground, <laughs> you wear a singlet. <laughs> Assign your husband. Is that what it is? <laughs> and you you have a lovely singlet. <laughs> <laughs> and humor is really a big part of helping yourself go through through darkness. And there's a lot of people alone and hurting. And a really important thing to do is to find a way to give even if that is a prayer or thoughts or energy or whatever you do that is supportive of other people because you can always give out, but you can't pull in. And so if you have too much energy built up of sadness and trauma and worry, go ahead and spend some time thinking about someone else and giving to them. So we want to really thank you so much for joining us today and for listening to Couple Synergy. And we want to wholeheartedly wish you happy holidays to all of our listeners out there. Thank you so much for being our loyal listeners. And 2019 is coming to an end. And it's been a full year, let's just say. (laughs) The good and the bad. And we hope that by listening to this episode, it was not only beneficial for your life, but also for your relationship. For all of you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave a review. It really helps us. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the Couples Weekend Intensive, which will be coming up in March, March, March 6th, 6th 7th, 7th, and 8th, mm-hmm. and our premier program called Couple to Couple. Look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. And until next time, synergize your life 
and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. Mm-hmm.